Roger. Okay, let's just uh, open with a word of prayer. And uh, Father God, I thank you so much for your presence this morning. And we don't want to talk about you like you're not here. And we thank you that you are here, that you're ever-present, and we sense your spirit, and we know that you want to speak to us. Father, you want to move in this church like never before. And God, your anointing is here this morning. And we, we just come to you broken. We come to you, Father, with nothing of our own strength. Lord, having run out of our own ideas, having no power of our own, we come to you, Spirit of God. Fill our hearts, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, thank you so much for inviting me back. And... Um, I think if uh, Roger had his way, I'd be preaching for about two minutes, so <laughs> I'll keep it as short as possible, Roger. Um, the, um, the, uh, not that he hates my preaching, I think he just wants me to get on the keyboard and play his keyboard, so <laughs> um, I just want to just thank you so much. Uh, look, I just want to say Pastor Roland and, and Auntie Evelyn have been such a blessing to us personally. And to our church, I don't just say that as a like, hey guys, I just want to, you know, say thank you to Pastor Roland sort of thing, no. But really he's, you know, you guys have really been such a blessing to our church and continue to be a blessing. And the words that you've spoken in our church are still bearing fruit. So we thank you so much. And uh, we had the opportunity to spend time with um, Pastor Chris and May um, last, yes, I don't know what to call it, last night, midnight or whatever it was. Um, so just thank you so much for your time. And... Uh, I think I grew up in a pastor's family, so um, I've, I see a lot of things that go on beh behind the scenes, and I just want to just honor your pastors and just say thank you so much for your hard work, and it's all the things that go on behind the scenes that most people probably not aware of, um, and I know people say that all the time, but it really is such a blessing to have pastors that love God, that have really laid down their lives for the sheep, so I just want to take this opportunity, let's just uh, give them a hand clap and... Thank God for them. And just very quickly, just to say, Ivan and Susan are the most awesome hosts. So thank you so much. And this time around, I actually got to see their house in daylight. And it's the most beautiful, it's one of the most beautiful houses I've ever seen. Um, and I saw the other half of the house this time around. Last time, I think I arrived at your house like at midnight and then left in the morning. So it was like pitch dark, pitch dark. Okay, 1 Samuel chapter 16, um, we're going to start in verse 1, and the topic of today is the role of the Holy Spirit in David's life, okay? The role of the Holy Spirit in David's life. 1 Samuel 16 verse 1, the Lord said to Samuel, how long will you grieve over Saul? since I have rejected him from being king over Israel. Fill your horn with oil and go, and I will send you to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have provided for myself a king among his sons. And I just want to pause here for a minute and just ponder on this statement here. God says to Samuel, how long will you grieve? And if you remember the story so far is that Saul was anointed to be king. He was the tallest and handsomest guy. <laughs> he was a bit shy, but he got anointed. And then he turned out to be not such a great king. And he disobeyed God. He compromised. 
and he and then and then God actually rejected him. Samuel is actually heartbroken at this point, and God says to him, "How long will you grieve?" And I feel that this morning many of us are in that state of grieving over something, and we're grieving over the loss of something, whether it be it a ministry that didn't succeed, or it might be a ministry that had succeeded, but it was time to move on. And I just feel that as we were worshiping, I just felt that this is what God wants to say to your church. It's time to move on. How long are you going to grieve? How long will you grieve for? Whatever it is that you're grieving for, God says, fill your horn with oil. It's time to move on. It's time to move on because God has a plan. God wants to anoint one of the sons of Jesse to make him king. Now we all know the story because the next part of it, then Samuel goes, and in verse 7, and we've heard this many, many times before. The Lord says to Samuel, do not look on his appearance or on the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. He's talking about Eliab, the oldest son, the natural person, the, the one that you would normally pick. In fact, Jonathan would have been the one that you would have picked to be the next king, because Saul's son was Jonathan. And of course, if you're uh, a king in those days, you would hand over your kingdom to your son. But God has got his own plan. And he chose the youngest of an unknown family. There was nothing special about Jesse's family. The only reason we think Jesse is special now is because when we look back, we go, oh, well, of course, he was the, the, the dad of David. But if you go back in time to that, that point in time, Jesse was just another guy in the kingdom. And David was the least of his sons. God says, how long, God, God says, do not look on his appearance or the height of his stature because I have rejected him. For the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. And we all judge people, don't we? We can size someone up the moment they walk in the room and we judge them. But God is not like that. Thank God He's not like that. If God judged us, for those of us that are in ministry, I mean, come on. If God just looked at us and went, okay, Roland, <laughs> you know, Chris. And God just looked on the outside and judged us on the outside. How many of you know that none of us would make it? For any sort of ministry, for anything that God wants to do. So what does this say about the Spirit of God? The Spirit of God is the Spirit of prophecy. The Spirit of God looks at you, not at, not at where you are, but He looks at what you're going to become. The Spirit of God can look right into your heart and He can see everything from before and everything after. He looks right through you, not just in the sense that He can examine your heart for now, but He examines your heart 
from the past, before you were born, all the way to all the work that he's going to do. He sees David as a shepherd boy. He sees David playing the harp, the, the lyre for King Saul. He sees David fighting Goliath. He sees David serving Saul. He sees David when Saul throws a spear at him. That's backwards. He sees David when he gets cast out to the Philistines and joins the enemy. And then he sees David slowly ascend to the throne. And the Spirit of God can see everything. And he sees beyond this point King David and he sees that one day Jesus and then he sees the book of Revelations I am the root of Jesse I was before and I'm also the son of David I am after. And this is the Spirit of God who can see all of history in an instant. And back to the story. So the Spirit of God does not see on the outward appearance, because on the outward appearance is a little shepherd boy who was ruddy and handsome. But at the end of the day, he was like a 14, 15-year-old kid. But he sees everything. How long will you grieve over Saul? How long? How long are you going to grieve? God wants to anoint you today. Moving on. Verse 13, Then Samuel took the horn of oil, and jointed him in the midst of his brothers. And so Samuel, in, in, in front of all the brothers, anoints David. And the Spirit of the Lord rushed upon David from that day forward. Everyone say rushed. Now, I don't remember ever reading that before. But when I was preparing for this, I was like, that is amazing. I don't know how accurate that is in... In, in, Hebrew, in, in, um, in Hebrew, but that is just an amazing word because the word rush there is talking about an abundance of the Spirit upon David from that day forward. And when we think about David, when I think about David, it's just an, uh, he's just an amazing character. And like I said last night to the worship team, he's a guy that you would want to be your best friend. Maybe not your best man, but your best friend, if you get that joke, but anyway. So he had his, you know, he had his failures, but he was, he was so loyal. I mean, him and Jonathan, mate, like they were the original, you know, brother from another mother. They, they were such great friends. He was such a good guy. And Jesus himself is called the son of David. I mean, doesn't that blow your mind that God became such good friends with David that God himself became David's son? 
isn't that amazing? It's like, Roger, I love you, man. You're so great. I want to be, you know, one day I will be your son. <laughs> God, the creator of the universe, the spirit that was before, became. He was a father of David, the father of Abraham, obviously, the father of Adam. And through history, you know, his humankind. We get to David, and then later on, David becomes the great-great-great-grandfather of Jesus Christ. And so he is the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the root of Jesse and the son of David. God is everywhere. So God knows you just not for now. Like, we're all like, okay, like I said to the team yesterday, we're all asking, who am I? What am I supposed to do? Where do I go? What are my dreams? And, you know, as a 15-year-old kid, that's kind of like the epitome of who am I? What do I do? Who do I want to be? Should I do this? Should I do that? And we explore and we go play netball and basketball and, you know, we try this and we try that and we're searching and we're searching. But David wasn't like that. David, David was anointed at the age of 15. Now, he was anointed to become king, but that wasn't his first anointing. He was anointed to become king, but the Spirit of God came upon David. And do you know what he was at that point in time? He was a shepherd. He was just a shepherd, but he was an anointed shepherd because the Spirit of God, in, in 1 Samuel 17, 34... We're going to fast forward the story now. David, the shepherd boy, gets anointed, age 15. The age of 16, he's here, and he's talking to King Saul. And do you know what he says to King Saul? When he goes, when he goes to King Saul, he says, Your servant used to keep sheep for his father. And where they, when there came a lion or a bear and took the lamb from the flock, I went after him and struck him and delivered him out of its mouth. And if he arose against me, I caught him by his beard and struck him and killed him. And I shared this last night. But this morning I want to say, the Spirit of God is the Spirit of boldness. I want to say that again. The Spirit of God, when the Spirit comes upon you, you get bold. You get bold. And I've seen that with um, Pastor Roland's ministry, any prophet that you meet. I mean, when the prophet speaks, when they're under the Spirit of God, they're bold. Now, they may not shout. My dad does a lot of shouting, um, which is good. But not everybody shouts. It's not about the loudness of your voice. But it's the Spirit is bold. Amen. Now, David was bold, not just when he was king. You see, this ascendance to the throne, conveniently located steps here, by the way, for this. Um, this ascendance to the throne, you see, the Spirit of God was working all the way through. It wasn't like, I will anoint you to be king. And then when you, you know, we'll just wait for you to become king. And then when you become king, then I'll, you know, help you out to do what you need to do. The anointing on David that rushed upon him was everywhere at all times. And this morning, God is here to remind you that whatever you're doing right now, God wants you to do it with boldness. 
You see, when he's, did you, did you, did you read that with me? It just says, when a lion or a bear took a lamb from the flock, I went after him and struck him. Now, I shared this last night, but you think about that. Just think about that for a second. And the, the guys, there were some guys sitting here yesterday looking at um, looking up YouTube, and they found, apparently, on YouTube, there's a man that ran after a lion. <laughs> Did he survive? <laughs> but David ran after a lion. For what? For a lamb. He ran after a bear. For what? For a lammy. What is your lamb this morning? Do you have lamb? (laughs) We all have lamb. What does that speak of? That's your calling for right now. Whatever God has called you to do right now, ask for the Spirit of God to give you the spirit of boldness because, you know, the, the, the thing about the Holy Spirit when He comes upon you is that He is everything at the same time. It's not that there is one spirit of boldness, one spirit of wisdom, one spirit of strength. The Spirit of God is one spirit. But when the Spirit of God comes upon you, you will chase after lions, to save the lamb. What does that speak of? That speaks of when you do whatever it is that God has called you to do today, right now. When you're sound mixing, when you're playing the keyboard, you do it with all your might. You chase down the line. You do not let the lambs. You've got 99 sheep. One lamb gets plucked up by a lion. You don't just go, oh, poor Freddy. Poor Freddy, you know. I might have to go down to the sheep market and get a replacement, Freddie. He was a good, he was a good little lammy. No, you go. No, you're not taking my Freddie, Frankie, and whatever his name is. You're not taking Frankie. I'm coming after you, lion. And he ran after the lion. It's very unusual for a man to run after a lion. Amen. How many of you have run after a wild beast? How many times have you ever seen that? And I really want to look up that YouTube clip now. Apparently, there's a man that ran after a lion on YouTube. But David ran after a lion. He chased lions. He was a lion chaser. He wasn't a lion chaser for the beautiful woman. He wasn't the lion chaser to deliver Israel. He wasn't the lion chaser to, you know, when he was king to protect the, you know, the thousands of people in his care. He, no, he chased down the lion because his dad told him to look after some sheep. That's it. His dad told him to look after some sheep. So he puts his life on the line. He puts his life on the line because you, unless you're really stupid, you must there is a possibility, right? Even if you are filled with the Spirit of God, you would know at the back of your mind, even if it's not the front, that if you're going to be tackling a lion, there's a very good chance you're not going to make it on the other side. All right? No matter how clever you are with your, whatever, staff, because he apparently grabbed them by the beard. You read that? Grabbed the beard, 
and then whack the lion with a stick. I mean, how do you, I don't even know how that happens. Like, you grab the lion, and I, I honestly don't know what, I, I don't know how to kill a lion. How would you kill a lion with a stick? No, seriously, how would you kill a lion? I mean, even with a knife, you'd be hard, but if you had a staff, you'd be like whacking it on its head. I mean, it would be, <laughs> think about it, it would be like really difficult. You'd be hitting, you know, like just when you thought it was, like in the movies, you just think it's dead and then it rises again. And you're like, ah, here we go again. And then the lion will like, and, you're like and then it'll get up again and, you, you know, and then you're walking away and then, and then he goes, you know, and then <laughs> meanwhile, sheepy's over there going, But he was willing to die. Come think about it. He was willing to die for a lamb. Come on. Are you willing to die for whatever God is doing right now in your life? Are you willing to lay it down like it's your last day? Like this is it? You know, this could be it for all of us. Who knows? I'm not going to mention, no. I was going to make some political reference, but I'm not going to. You know, who knows what's going to happen in the world today, you know? We don't know what's going to happen in the world today. It's very unpredictable. Okay, we don't, know what, we don't know what's going to happen. Apart from health problems that could affect any of us at any moment. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. But we know today. David knew today, right here. Right, right here, right after he got anointed. Right here. Called. Look after some sheep. The Spirit of God is the Spirit of boldness. The Spirit of God is also the Spirit of submission. Because the Spirit of God help David, as he rushed upon him, to submit to his father, to submit to King Saul. And over here, so King David, the other thing I want to say about King David before he became king is that this guy was always singing, like constantly singing, right? So he's like, here I am, I'm anointed to be king, isn't that great? And here I am looking after the sheep. The lion's coming to steal, steal the lamb. So I chase after it. And he's singing not to himself, but he's singing to God the whole time. So he's like, Lord, I'm chasing the lions. <laughs> chasing the lions. Whacked it on its head the other day. And you're the one that saved me. So he's singing, right? So somehow he's like playing his lyre, ding, ding, and I listen to it on YouTube. It sounds, I don't know, it's okay. Um, it's, it's not kind of my taste, but, but in those days it, was, it would have been like pretty cool music. So he's like playing. Ding, 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 ding. Somehow, someone, somewhere, hears him playing. Now shepherds in those days were on the mountains in rugged terrain. And somebody in the crowd, there's no crowd actually in the mountains. There's nobody there, right? So it's just him, a bunch of sheep, and he's looking after the sheep, and occasionally, obviously, the bears and lions. Okay, that's it. That's, those are the characters of the story and that's in that scene, if this was a play. That's it. There's no people. There are no women to impress. It's just him, you know, and his ruggedly handsome face and, some lion, and, and the lion and bears and a couple of sheep. But somehow... Somehow, who knows, the Spirit of God somehow brought a person, a man, of, I don't know, like someone wandering through the mountains, who knows, who knows, I really don't know, like the Bible doesn't explain this, but there was a man, okay, who was walking through the mountains as you do, 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 do here I am walking through the mountains, who then hears a guy 
playing the harp or the lyre out in the wilderness looking after sheep. Because remember, David is a no one. Everyone say nobody. He is a nobody. He's out and he's by himself. Even Eliab, they forgot about him for the anointing ceremony. They're like, oh, who was, who's the guy? What the, oh, that, oh, David. Oh, yeah, yeah. Get, get him out. So they forgot about him. He's out, he's out there. He's playing his harp. Ding, 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 ding. I just chased down a lion and whacked it on its head. God, you're great to me. And somebody hears it and goes, ooh, that's really groovy. <laughs> it's very peaceful. I was feeling so thirsty, and now I feel fulfilled. You know? I was like just walking down the mountain, and that music, it's amazing. And he goes back and tells the king, and he goes, hey, king. No, they wouldn't have said, hey, king, in those days, because, you know, like I said yesterday, it's like the, the whole off with his head, you know, those were the days of the off with his head thing, you know? So, like... You're looking at me funny. Off with his head. So, um, so this guy would have been like carefully coming up. And, and King Saul was very angry. So he's, everybody knows this story. But it's King Saul, can you just imagine the king? The off with his head king. You know, that, that sort of time when the kings were powerful and could say anything. They didn't have, you know, committees to approve things. They didn't need to, they, they could just, they didn't even have to sign things. They just say it and it becomes like decree. It's not, not even like presidential decrees. They just... They just say it. You know, whatever they say becomes law. And then to the point that they can't even bring it back sometimes. They're like, I said something. Oh, well, we're just going to have to do it because I said it. So important. You know, can't go back. Sorry, I said it yesterday. Can't change it. So he's so important. And this guy comes up to him, says, you know, and, and Saul is an angry man by this stage. He was a frustrated, angry boss. Who's got a frustrated, angry employee right now? Don't have to put up your hands because it's a big church. There could be, your boss could be here. So... <laughs> So this guy was like losing his temper. He was like, he was like randomly losing his temper. King Saul would be like sitting there on his throne. I don't know. Just sitting on his throne. Ah! <laughs> you know, just having a bad day. Ah! Can't believe that. And then, you know, all the people are like going, uh-oh. You know, what's going to happen? And then this little quiet guy goes, excuse me, King Saul. Um, Your Highness, great King Saul. You know, you wonderful, handsome, tall man. You know, you, you majestic, wonderful man. Um, there's, a, there's a guy that I listened to out of the mountains. What were you doing on the mountains? Uh, I was just going for a walk. Um, and I heard this man playing the lyre. And he's, and, and he's like a man of valor. He's really prudent with his speech. I don't know how he knew all this, but he knew. He knew. Somehow he knew about this David guy. Really prudent with his speech. He's a man of valor. And th so he's talking up, King, talking up David, and he says, hey, you know what? Maybe you could do with a bit of music therapy. <laughs> Basically, that's what it was. He said that in my commentary, too. Music therapy. Yeah, he referred to music therapy. And for thousands of years, apparently, music therapy, I mean, it's a, it's a thing. So if you're a music therapist here... It's a, it's a real thing. It started with probably started with David. So he so so he goes, "Would you like me to um, invite him to play for you?" And King Saul's like, "All right, bring it on, yeah. bring on the lie guy." So David gets a job to be the liar player for the moody king. So every time the king got angry, 
he would be called. That was his job. That was his job, his actual job. I've played in a restaurant before because my friend who's a saxophonist got us a gig at uh, um, like this restaurant. And um, it was a very thankless job. So you'd be playing, we were playing Christian songs, by the way. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and then my friend would play the saxophone. And it's the mo- has anyone played in a restaurant before? It's the most thankless job because everyone's just eating. They're like... <laughs> and then if they look at you, they're just like... <laughs> and then you finish your set, you finish your piece. And it's just silent. And then you, and you just, all you hear is... That's it. There's no clapping. There's nothing. And then you go to the next song, and then you finish, and you leave, and it's almost like you weren't there before. <laughs> and then you just, and then you just think, oh, why am I here? And if you do, I think if you do that job long enough, you're going to be wondering, why do I exist? <laughs> it's it's like the world's most unfulfilling musician job out there. It is. I apparently they got a singer there um, shortly after us. And, and they were, she was killing it. Like, people were clapping and, you know, we thought, I wasn't there. I wasn't there. They, they already replaced me. I was totally replaceable. And uh, so the singer, apparently people really like singing. So this lady was singing with no mic. She was just gifted. And people would clap. It was amazing. But we were, you know, it, for me it wasn't amazing. But I had that job. But, I mean, that was a tough job. But this job was not even thankless. This job was not just thankless. It was dangerous. It was dangerous. There was an occupational safety issue here because the, because the king, the king. Now, remember, because King David had to play his songs really only when the king was angry. So it would be like, you know, there'll be the, the, the court people, I don't know, somebody in the court, they'll be like, you know what? You know, there'll be a little committee meeting. You know what, Chris? You know, the king's soul, he's getting really angry time to call David? Yeah, we better call David. <laughs> so they'll be like, okay, time to call David. So they, I don't know, they get a messenger, run up to David. Hey, David. And he's like, ding, ding, ding. Just chase down a lion. It's, you know, he sang everything to God. You read the Psalms, it's like everything, like everything. I was really thirsty the other day. He had a really good relationship with God. He was constantly talking to God, you know. Frankie was really funny. <laughs> oh, how I love Frankie. <laughs> he was very grateful when I saved him from the lion. <laughs> and then the guy would be like, David, it's time to go. Oh, oh yeah, sure, no worries. And then he would pack his lyre. He would quickly run to the king. And then the king would be like losing his temper, shouting at people. You know, and then, and then here comes David. Can you imagine? You're the musician. You're walking into the throne. You're on. And then you hear this, off with his head, I can't believe it. And then, and then King David's like, I mean David. All right. Ding, da, ding, ding. Ding, 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 ding. I heard it on YouTube, you should look it up. It kind of sounds like that. <laughs> it's, I don't know, it's kind of not, not very melodious. No offense. Um, <laughs> so he's playing this music, and then, and then that brother will slowly. And the spirit of peace 
the Spirit of God would calm the situation down. And David played the music. And I'm, I'm going to finish here because I'm going to be playing the Spirit of Peace music soon. No, I'm going to be playing the music to calm you all down. Um, but <laughs> all, you angry, all you angry people out there. So, so King Saul is... So the Spirit of... So God gave David this gift to calm angry, this angry king down, and David did it with his whole heart. He was chasing down lions in the king's courts as well. He was willing to die. He was willing to die, listen to this, to be the musician to the angry king. He was the musician for the angry guy. That was his job description, and he was willing to die for it. And by the way, it says later on that King David, or Saul, sorry, David would run back during his, you know, he was working for Saul. He would run back and look after the sheep. So he was like really super dedicated and submissive to his father and to the angry king, who later, by the way, as you all know, threw spears at him, like literally threw two spears at him, whilst he was playing his lyre. And King David still submitted to the Anointed One because the Spirit of God is the Spirit of submission. And the Spirit of God is the Spirit of peace. And the Spirit of God is the Spirit of boldness. Amen? So we're going to... I'm going to wrap it up there because I think we're just going to enter into a time when the Lord is saying to us, how long are you going to grieve over Saul? How much longer? And the answer is not to God, 17 more days or, you know, the, 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 that, that rhetorical question was not supposed to be answered. <laughs> he wasn't like Samuel was supposed to say, you know, I will be grieving for approximately, let me just check my calendar, ooh, about two years. No, God was actually just saying, it's time to move on. Whatever it is, it's time to move on. And the Spirit of God, you might think, oh my goodness, that was a bad, whatever happened was kind of bad, all right? It was kind of bad, let's be honest. Getting a spear thrown at you is kind of bad. Having a king that turns out to be not a very good king is bad, but it's time to move on. It's time to get the anointing because the Spirit of God is a spirit of boldness, the spirit of peace, and the spirit of submission. Let's just close in prayer right now as we get ready for a time of worship. I just want to get some water. Oh, yeah, sorry. All right, we're just going to enter into a time of worship. We're just going to pray. I'm going to switch mics.
Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you're the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. Thank you for this church, FJ Melbourne. Thank you that you are standing with her right now. And you see tomorrow. And you know us forever you know to the point that God had to send angels down to talk to these men and say how much longer are you going to stand there looking up at the sky didn't Jesus tell you to wait for the Spirit of God and many of us are just still staring waiting looking to the sky, wondering, where did Jesus go? What happened to that ministry? What happened to that? What happened to that person? What happened to that job? God says, arise, get up, fill your jar, fill your horn with oil. I'm going to anoint. It's time to anoint. want you to invite you this morning if you need that anointing and we all do let's just stand together right now and ask the Holy Spirit to anoint us the spirit of boldness the spirit of power
are perfect in all of your ways. You are perfect in all of your ways. You are perfect in all of your ways to us. You are perfect. You are perfect in all of your ways. You are perfect in all of your ways. You are perfect in all of your ways to perfect you are perfect in all it's who you are you are perfect in all of ways you are perfect in all of your ways to us you're a good good father it's who you are it's who you are it's who you are
on. I'm nothing without you, Lord. You're my reference, God. I met you, Lord, without you. I got nothing to measure. I'm nothing, God. You're my creator, God. You're a good, good. I'm nothing without you. shade especially in Pentecostal churches we are always saying spirit of God fall afresh but let's just say that with meaning this morning spirit of God fall again fall afresh you know we many of us have been touched by the spirit before but how many know you need daily bread you need daily bread You need fresh oil, fresh wind, fresh fire. Let's just ask the Spirit of God. We've just got a few minutes left. We're just going to ask the Spirit of God just to fill us and overflow like He did for David. So that whether we're looking after sheep or, or serving angry kings before we become kings ourselves, that we would do all of that with the Spirit of God upon us and sing all the way. You know, just as we are about to sing, if you want to touch and experience from God this morning, just come up from your seats. Just come to the front. The altar is open. We'll make space. 
you're having anger issues and challenges, like King Saul, you know, we're all human and fallible. The altar is open. Come to the front. If you're tormented and there's no peace, you can't sleep and your mind's racing a million miles an hour, come. Let the God of peace fill you this morning. If you are timid and you're shy and you always say, ah, if only I said this, if only I went out, oh, I wish I could do this. You know, the Spirit of God is a spirit of boldness. Come, come. Don't leave church today the same way you came in. God is no respecter of persons. Come and come and join. There are many out here already. Make your way through the seats. Doesn't matter. Push your way through if you need me. Come. Because the Spirit of God is here and He wants to set you free. What have you got to lose? What have you got to lose? I remember as a 14-year-old boy, I said, God, I want to know you for myself. I want to know that you're real. I don't want anybody to tell me. I want to know that I know that I know that I know that you are real. And I want to know you for myself. And I prayed that as a 14-year-old boy. And God is still answering that prayer today. I open, I, I plead with you, my friends. Don't come and leave church the same way you came. Come and touch Him this morning. Come and say, if only I could touch the hem of His garment. If only I could touch the hem of His garment. I've been suffering from this for 12, 15, 18, 20 years. But God is no respecter of persons. I need boldness. I need peace this morning. I, I'm suffering from anger problems. I need God this morning. If that's you, come. Come this morning. Come, the church. When the Spirit of God is moving, who knows what might happen today? Who knows? It might be your turn this morning. Bartimaeus didn't know. He never knew, but come this morning. Evidence is all around. The Spirit of God. And the Spirit of He's the same Spirit. The same Spirit that anointed David is here. The evidence is Come on, leaders. Come and lay hands this morning. The same Spirit.
church. Respond. We need your presence here today. Sing like never before. You're the reason we came. Hallelujah. Spirit of God, move with power. Hallelujah. The experience of God. So the next few weeks, uh, the next few weeks at FGA, we're really going to be making space for God to move in our lives and in the service. I'm going to close today in prayer, um, but you can, Solomon's still going to be here and we're still going to stay in worship. Uh, you're welcome to stay. It's not often that you'll have space to sort out things with God. So please, you're very welcome to stay. Uh, but I'm going to dismiss the service and pray. If you want to chat, if you want to go get food, can I encourage you to maybe have those conversations outside and we'll try to preserve this space for encountering with God. I want to encourage you to keep coming. Next week is going to be another big, big weekend. Let's pray. Father, I want to thank you that you are a God who meets us experientially. That we can not only just uh, read about you or hear about you, but we can actually have a relationship with you. I pray, Lord, as we go back today, that we would carry your presence with us. Holy Spirit, have your way with us as we go. May you be with us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. We'll see you next week.
Please keep the conversation down to a bare minimum. Thank you. Hosanna. 